Okay, hey everyone. I hope all is well. And thanks again for taking the time to listen. Okay, so before I get into today's topic, I wanted to briefly mention something. So, I decided to start a YouTube channel. It'll be somewhat similar to what's happening here at the Wisdom Of, but maybe a little more organized. So, if you prefer watching rather than listening, although don't expect any fireworks or technological wizardry, then uh, please take a look. I've just started off with one of my favorite thinkers, Albert Camus, and after I've uh, tackled his great works, then I'll move on to someone else. Anyway, if you're interested, the channel is called Philosophy with a View. You can also access these videos through our main website, which is wisdomofpod.com. Again, that's wisdomofpod.com. Anyway, so uh, let's get to the work at hand today. Okay, so here's a question for you. So what comes to mind when you think of philosophy? I bet what comes to your mind is something very um, academic and formal, right? Well, that's not surprising. In fact, it's pretty normal. Today, the, the study of philosophy connotes a purely theoretical or abstract activity. It's only a kind of discourse. It's uh, merely intellectual. You might take a course in it, but once you leave the, the classroom, you forget about it, and it has no connection to your real life. And, um, in general, it's pretty much been this way since the Middle Ages. Okay, but here's the thing. 2,000 years ago, when an ancient Greek or Roman person chose to become a philosopher, what that really meant was a, a commitment to a, a way of being and to a way of living. In other words, philosophy wasn't just an intellectual exercise, but it was something that set your course and steered your life. It meant a commitment to the transformation or metamorphosis of your very being. Again, how different is that from, from today? I mean, of course, since the Middle Ages, there have been philosophers who are exceptions to the rule, like uh, Nietzsche, for example. But by and large, philosophy since then is still basically perceived and approached as something purely academic. Well, it's this ancient, transformational, and personal, and existential side of philosophy that Pierre Hadot reminds us of in his seminal book, Philosophy as a Way of Life. And by the way, Pierre Hadot was a, a French historian of philosophy. Anyway, what he does there is he reminds us of the fact that in all ancient schools of thought, philosophy was a way of life or an act of living and not something primarily theoretical or intellectual. In other words, above all else, the practice of philosophy had profound existential and moral value. Okay, so now what Hado says is that these ancient philosophers had certain what he calls spiritual exercises or techniques that they used to, to bring about this therapeutic and transformational change in others. In other words, ancient philosophers used certain methods 
or activities or practices. And it's these that help to incite real existential and moral conversion. Okay, well, so what are they? What educational techniques or or methods made such a big difference in people's lives? Well, Hado discusses a lot of them. But let me just mention one. Okay, so one technique the, the ancient Stoics practiced, and in particular, Marcus Aurelius, was to try to see the things that we do and get so riled up over from a higher cosmic perspective. Sort of like seeing the earth from on top of the Milky Way. Or to um, quote Aurelius himself, Place before your mind's eye the vast spread of time's abyss, and then compare human life with what we call infinity. The point here is that when we look at what we do in our lives from a, from a larger perspective, when we look at things from on high, so to speak, we begin to realize how small and insignificant it all really is, and therefore how little it justifies us in getting so upset over these things. In other words, when we see things from a cosmic perspective, we reduce them to their true value. So, for example, for Aurelius, he may have been anxious at times about maintaining his power or about the importance and security of the Roman Empire. But by adopting a cosmic perspective, he's calmed by the realization that not only is Earth itself a small thing, but comparatively, the Roman Empire is hardly perceptible at all. It all seems a little less substantial and serious now, and so he can restore to himself some of his equanimity. Anyway, the point here is that for the Stoics, this sort of technique, well, it's a means or a philosophical tool that one can employ in order to change one's way of evaluating the events which go to make up human existence. Just by switching perspectives like this, we can break free from how it is we habitually see and experience things, and so from the suffering and anxiety such things usually bring us. And, um, by the way, for Aurelius... It's not just about changing our perspective to a a cosmic one. It's also sometimes about trying to see things as they really are. That's to say, to see them in a purely reductive, physical, and naturalistic way. So, uh, what do I mean by this? Well, we usually get uh, pretty riled up over certain foods, and over clothes, and over sex, right? What are all these things in reality? Well, it's hard to uh, pass up this quote from Aurelius. So here's what he says that these things really are. These foods and these dishes, they are only dead fish, birds, and pigs. This wine is just a bit of grape juice. This purple toga is just some sheep's hair dipped in the blood of a shellfish. And sex... Well, that's just the rubbing together of pieces of gut, followed by the spasmatic secretion of a little bit of slime. Wow, 
Now, now I realize it's possible to see a kind of pessimism or disdain for ordinary human affairs here. But I don't think we have to. I think that what Aurelius's point is, is that, again, by, by switching perspectives, we can undo the sort of value we give to things and which cause us so much strife. In other words, by defining certain things as they really are, that is, by seeing them in a, in a purely physical or even medical terms, we separate them from the normal representations we have of them, and so free ourselves from the very often violent passions they incite in us. The sort of passions that give us so much unnecessary trouble in life, and which often stand in the way of genuine peace of mind. <laughs>